0: The Profit Center was sort of like an epiphany and um, and a paradigm shift that happened to me in the late 1990s and uh, where I was realizing that I wasn't um, wildly profitable. And I hired a business consultant who helped me immensely. And from that experience, that's what uh, where the Profit Center was born.
1: Welcome everybody, it's Ken McLaughlin. This is my podcast called Realty Life, uh, where I get to sit around and talk to magnificent people in the world. And my guest today is really, uh, if there was a magnificent plus, this is the guy that I always wanted to talk to and meet and greet and get you to know him. Uh, My friend Peter Mueller is here today. Hi, Hi, Peter.
0: Hey Ken how are you?
1: I'm wonderful sir. Um Excellent. good to see you. I'm glad you're with us today and thanks for taking the time. I think your story, your journey is amazing. I want to share it with everybody. So just a little bit of background. You you have a company called The Profit Center? That's correct. Yeah. So what is the what is that?
0: Well, yeah, The Profit Center it was sort of born out of my out of my real estate experience and especially um it was born out of my brokerage experience. And, um, you know, my, the whole, uh, premise of the profit center was that I was, I was your atypical salesperson and, you know, sales is my jam and, um, you know, getting acknowledgement awards, you know, that's what really motivated me, inspired yeah. me. But the profit center was sort of like an epiphany and, um, and a paradigm shift that happened to me in the, late 1990s and, uh, where I was realizing that I wasn't, um, wildly profitable. And I hired a business consultant who helped me immensely. And from that experience, that's what, uh, where the Profit Center was born. So, um, it is a training, coaching, consulting company based, um, uh, premise is to, as our mission statement says, to passionately enhance people's lives by guiding them to greater profitability.
1: But so you spend time with broker owners and team leaders and things like that and help them develop the strategy to be a better business person. Correct?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's our
1: point So I'm, I'm really curious about how you go from being, because I first met you, um, you probably can help me with this um, yeah. in the, <laughs> I don't know. when. It was, the, when, 90s. Right? It was, it was the 90s. It was the 90s. Yeah, and we were looking. I remember we were introduced. You had a, a, a brokerage in the west end of Toronto. Or, that's right. Yeah, and uh, my partner Kent and I were looking at uh, expanding, or, or the right. opportunity of expanding. And that time, we thought that was just a little bit out of a realm. I believe when we talked to you about that. So,
0: <laughs> well, it's that was a, that's a funny story because. Yeah. You know, I was excited when you guys were interested. And then when you called me back saying, you know what, here we feel it's just a little out of yeah. our realm. Now you got 2,000 agents, and 40, 40 offices yeah. all around the world and say, really, Ken? <laughs> like, really?
1: <laughs> well, maybe you fueled something with us at that time, but I want to understand how you get from being a real estate broker owner to developing this fantastic company that helps a lot of different people. I mean, what was your training to help you do that? What was the background?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, You know what? Uh, That's a very good question. You know, I guess, you know, I I started in real estate back in 84. So, you know, sold for 10 years. And of course, the natural evolution sometimes of an agent is to create a team, but teams didn't really exist back then. Yeah, right. Um, So it was to start a brokerage. And so I fell into brokerage naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after 10 years, I got, I gotta be honest with you, I got a little bit bored. And I sold for 10 years. I did brokerage for 10 years. So maybe that was kind of my life cycle. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so what happened was uh when I decided to sell um and was out of brokerage, I had a company reach out to me that wanted me to be a part of their um a director for their broker coaching division. Mm-hmm. And and so from that and learning from that experience and going on events and, and speaking, it was like that was, it was a natural evolution then to create my own. So that's yeah. where it came from.
1: What do you learn from doing all the work you do? What, what's your experience been like coaching different people? And what, what is the great, the great things about that? What are some of the frustrations about it? What's your learning curve on the whole thing?
0: Well, gosh, you know, the greatest, you know, the greatest thing that I learned from it is just it just constantly evolves and expands and and when you are consulting if you will you get to stand on the outside and look in so you're mm-hmm. not invested in the weeds so when you get to speak to great people and very accomplished people which are the ones that seek us out actually yeah, then what happens is you learn so much from them it's unbelievable and from that learning it just just builds and builds and builds and involves processes and systems. You start to write books. You start to um, <laughs> write scripts. It's, it's fascinating. I love it.
1: Yeah, Absolutely love it. Yeah, you've done well. You've made a big difference in a lot of people's lives. We had a great – I last saw you in Chicago at a conference and we spent some great time together, dinners together. And getting to know you a little better at that time helped me understand that finding your niche in life is so important rather than being a generalist like a lot of people are. And I was at one time as well. Uh, to get it down to the micro senses. I think that's what you've done, right? You know,
0: you couldn't have said it any better because I knew from early on that, that even public speaking was sort of something that I, I got awards for as a kid and wrote wrote speeches. And I never, but when you're younger, you don't know that you are a certain type, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever it may be. And so when you fall into your niche, I don't even think you fall into your niche. I think if you're, if you follow your heart, it leads you to your niche, you know, and that's kind of what happened. So I'm so thrilled to be doing what I do today.
1: What, what's next for you in your business?
0: Well, right now we just expanded internationally, which is so exciting. We're in 41 countries in Europe right now with our training program. Um, we are, we just want to keep evolving our trainings for agents, teams and brokerage, but brokerage is our sweet spot, right?
1: Yeah. Beautiful. And, and Love the it.
0: speaking and the travel and the, uh, keynotes doing keynote speaking.
1: Yeah, you're going, you told me you're going to Aruba, you're going to Bangkok. That's right. Where else you go? Yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> in three weeks. <laughs> Turkey? Yeah, I, in three weeks I fly to Bangkok. Um, after I do that conference, it's the uh, Pacific, um, Remax Pacific Asian Conference. I leave that to go to the European Conference in England. And yeah, then there's Aruba and then there's Turkey. Yeah.
1: I think that's fantastic. And I know how great your work is, but I want to switch gears a bit here and I want to talk Uh, a bit about uh, which really is the theme for this podcast about how we all deal with our life how we get through things in our life how we grow how we what impacts us what tools that you have to impact you and uh, i know i don't know how much you want to share about this peter but i know you've had um we all have major crises in our life and what how do you get through things What, what keeps you going
0: oh gosh um yeah i mean that's uh That's a big question. I mean, I know I shared with you that I uh, lost my daughter in 2020. And, um, that's probably the greatest tragedy or, or difficulty or challenge I've ever experienced in my life without a doubt. I think everything in my life seemed to be falling apart as well. And in 2020, um, you know, COVID hit, of course, um, um, in our line of work with, uh, when you're doing keynotes and speaking and that's where you generate your business, it was, uh, it just, all the wheels were falling off. Um, by July of that year, my daughter went palliative. Um, so we knew that the end was near it was, it was, um, it was hard, but I got to tell you something. You, you, you have to persevere and you have to find ways to find your peace and, and your, your solace. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm writing a, I'm going to be writing a book called I'm Still Walking. And, um, yeah. it's about, uh, I, w- one day I was just stood outside of my home and I looked around. I didn't, I was, this was in just after she was going palliative and, uh, I, uh, didn't have, I I just started walking. Mm-hmm. I had no agenda. I had no objective. I just started walking and about two hours later. I came home and I did it again the next day and the next day. It wasn't something I decided to do, and I had this goal. But what I found was that it just helped me um, um, be alone with myself and talk to the big guy upstairs and um, Mm -hmm. be able to just – I just gained this intimacy and this personal relationship with him into such a deep level that I've never had before. And that really helped a lot get me through the most Mm -hmm. difficult times, like in November – uh, 2020 is when she passed away. Um, so that that uh, that really that really made the difference for me or it helped me.
1: So your walking transist, transitioned you into conversations with God. Uh, comp you have a conversation, if I may, with your daughter Absolutely. every day when you walk. Mm-hmm. And you said something to me that I'm really – I've taken to heart because I said that – I said to you that I exercise, I walk, and I do that kind of thing. But I always have headphones. I listen to a podcast. I listen to music. But you said to me that you never do. You just – you wanted to be with yourself and with conversation with um, your God and your daughter and rather than being abstracted with uh, her, you know – Right. Distracted, I guess, right. is the word I'm looking for with uh, music and all that. So, and I, I, I kind of thought, well, that's that's brilliant because I've never given that alone time, uh, which I think is really yeah. important to have that and to spend time with yourself. I always was distracted. Everything in my life is a distraction. I'm always <laughs> have something going and all right, that. But right. so, you do you do that every day?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Every day. It's, um, it's like you said it very succinctly. It's you never spend time with yourself. And we have this brain that is talking to us or our conscience talks to us every day. But the problem is the distractions and the noise. And so when we don't listen to that, we are, we're not listening to our the greatest advice you could ever receive. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it was a beautiful discovery, if you will. Right. What did
1: you learn about yourself, or what do you learn about yourself in those talks?
0: Okay. Well, you know, there's an expression in Christianity called "walking in the light." Well, I got to tell you something. In life, not a lot of people like to walk in the light because when you walk in the light, you see everything, Mm -hmm. and you especially see yourself, and you see your flaws, you see your faults, your mistakes you see them you see the things that you've done wrong and when you confront that that's a very healthy thing mm-hmm. because it allows you then to be aware how can it be better how can it be a better person a better father a better better um friend a better p- a parent you all the yeah. whole list
1: mm-hmm. So, spending yeah. that time alone is, is really important. Listen, I've learned that from you. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm actually going to sit there. I might find out stuff I don't want to find out, but that's okay. Right. You know, That's, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, it is okay. It's a, I bet you've lost a lot of weight doing this too.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I uh i have never had too much of a difficulty when it came to weight. I my dad is like 91 years old; he's still tall and oh, lanky. Bless him. I know, yeah. so I guess I got a little bit of that. But yes, it did sort of help a lot when it came to my physical well-being as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Peter, how did you get into real estate? What? How did that happen? Oh,
0: great! What? Yeah, great story. So um, maybe it's not a story again that I want to expose necessarily. But when I was in high school, um, in my final year, we had grade 13 back in the day. I was struggling, man. Like I was, I was failing. Uh, I had had three credits left to go and Mm -hmm. they were horrendous. And I actually said, I got it. I quit. And so I was 18 years old. My parents are in real estate. Oh, wow. My dad. Um, Walter Mueller. He was like, like, I, again, I didn't know how good he was until I got into the business, but he was amazing. Mm, Right. mm -hmm. And I guess I got a little of his gift. You know, he's very communicative. He's just very funny and charming. And my mom, who is the quiet one, but does all the detail, the dot, the I's cost. He, she ran and Mueller real estate. So when I got, out of school, I'm thinking, huh, you know what? I think I'll get my real estate license, right? <laughs> yeah. And that was in 1984. When we went three little books, five weeks, Boom. you're done. Mm-hmm. But here's the greatest thing that I discovered is when I got into it, I found out I was a natural at it. Mm-hmm. Because again, when you're 18 years old or 19 years old, you don't know who you are or that you are anything. And that's how I got into it because my parents were in the business. So there you go.
1: So just – I I think that's – a lot of people get into it because there's an influence they have from other people and you see this, what they've done in their lives. And the, the, the independence that this business gives to us and the opportunity that it gives to us to grow and to be ourselves. And I think it's just sensational that you found your way from starting as a real estate agent to be a real estate broker owner. And then deciding that, as we talked about before, you're going to micro it down to that, and then you transition into how am I going to help myself be healthier uh, in my emotional and all the stuff that you've gone through, the changes in your life, and so you develop another skill, which is really how to deal with that and how to handle that, and. It's just really inspiring, Peter. I think it's, it blows me away how you've done that and the difference you're making for people and all this greatest, the greatest things that you're doing. But I did ask you a little while ago, and I don't think we really uh, developed more of the conversation on it. When you're dealing with these team leaders or broker owners, what do you see that really is like, wow, I just wish they would get this. I just wish they would understand this. And yeah. and I think it'd be really interesting for everybody to hear it coming from you, obviously without naming names, but coming from you is what is it that everybody is disconnected on in your view?
0: You know, um, I do a little piece called the five purposes of a business. And the first purpose of a business essentially is to make a profit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I say it's the second purpose is to leverage your time. Third is to differentiate. Four is your um, your value proposition and the fi- our professional fulfillment. And the last one, have something to eventually sell. Yeah. So here's the greatest um, thing I wish, like you asked the question, where you could just shake them and wish they can get this. Yeah. Because I was that person, okay? And this is why I can relate to people and I understand them. It's like being a salesperson and being a business person are two completely different things. Yeah. And what I see is the biggest challenge with brokerage is because 70% of them were just like me, mm-hmm. right? Or 75 maybe percent. Um they don't get about profitability. They think, and they always focus on volume. So here's the thing, Ken, and you know, this is true. Yeah. When you're in the sales industry, what we always acknowledge and recognize is volume, number of sales, who's the top producer, who's the biggest team, uh, Rick Broker, who's got the most agents, the most offices. So we're so volume focused. There's the old saying by Peter Drucker, what you measure gets improved, right? So here's the problem. We're always measuring volume, but we're never measuring return on volume. So this is what I want team leaders, brokers to teach them is guys, guys, listen, you got to look at the bottom line and, and, and help them get to that mindset. That's, that's the biggest thing.
1: Yeah. And I agree with you. I mean, that, that's insight about the, and I talk about the ego in our business and we all have it. And we're, yeah, all, we're all guilty of it. And I, I think it's a good thing to have a healthy ego and all that stuff. But yes. but the big but is this here. When we do things in our business because other people are doing it, uh, other people are marketing this way, or they're the newest, the best, the shiniest type of thing, it kind of doesn't reflect well on our bottom line because we're chasing yeah. something that we really don't really know the answer to. How much money is it going to make us on that? And I think that actually when you sometimes do less volume, Okay, you're you're less volume to do things, you're actually making more money. So that fine line bet be fi- be defining what is my return on my investment is really critically important. And I know that you spend a lot of time with people helping them define what's going on in their lives and what the return is on that. And sometimes it's coaching them to fuel or to pull things back at what they're doing, right?
0: That that's a very uh, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up when he said about less volume could produce more net. I wrote, I'm, I have a book that's launching in the fall called the nine levels to greater profitability, mm-hmm. how I tripled my net profits in 12 months. But here's the point that I didn't say in the title. I did it with 10 less agents and I didn't raise fees and I tripled net. Yeah. And so when you tell brokers that they go, that's not possible. It's like, well, yes, it is possible. And here's how I did it. And they, it's, it's sort of like the natural solution always is sell more, recruit more. Yeah. That's, and okay. And those are good things. Sure. Don't get me wrong, but. But they're not the only things, and that's to your point. So thank you for bringing that up.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's important, and I know you do that. I know that's a big focus of your your business because it's called the Profit Center, right? right. You know that which is really the whole thing is what What are we in this business for? Other than certainly we love what we're doing, we we help people, we're fulfilled by it, but we have to have money to contribute to so we can help other people as well. So the profit is really important on that. So. Bravo for doing that. I I think you make a a hell of a lot of difference to people's lives out there, Peter. I'm glad you shared your story. Can I ask you something? How old old was your daughter?
0: Um, She was 32 when she passed away. What's her name? Trisha.
1: Trisha. Trisha, um, Wow. know. I know you have uh, other great kids. You're a grandfather now. Yes, thank you. Which is fantastic. Yes. And uh, from Windsor, right?
0: That's right. You've, you've got a good yeah. memory, Ken. <laughs> good
1: for you, man. Well, congratulations
0: on that. Oh, by I the way, I... I should say this. So, so Trisha, Jessica, Nikki, all three girls. I figure, you know, God thought, you know, he needed to emasculate me a little bit. But, you know, what was so exciting was Jessica, my middle daughter. She, she's actually uh, 30. Oh, gosh. She's going to oh, kill me. Yeah. If she hears this. 31, <laughs> 32. Uh, and, uh, yeah. so she had a boy, so Charlie. So I finally yeah. got a boy.
1: <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I saw pictures of him. He's sensational. Thank you. <laughs> Good for you, buddy. It. So, uh, if people wanted to get a hold of you, Peter, how do they? How do they do that?
0: Um, I would think that the best way to get a hold of me is um, just email me info at theprofitcenter.com. dot um, yeah. And by the way, um, theprofitcenter is the the URL. And center is spelled the Canadian way. And I can say to my American <laughs> friends, not like the wrong way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so for our American friends listening, it's spelled C- <laughs> C-E-N-T-R-E. That's right. Dot com. Yeah, dot com. How many years have you been doing this?
0: Oh, it's uh, the Profit Center now is in its 15th year.
1: Wow. Congratulations. I wish you 15 more great years in your Profit Center and your business and your impacting. I hope you continue walking. I hope you continue talking and hope you continue listening because you are making an incredible difference and I thank you for it. Ken,
0: thank you so much for having me and and wish everybody make it a profitable day. Take care.
1: And I'm really pleased that you were here today. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, Thank you for Peter Mueller and the Profit Center for being here. Uh, If you like this, uh, please tell your friends about it. Share it to other people. Subscribe. Uh, do everything you can about it, because we really like to talk to people and learn from I've learned so much from talking to Peter this morning. And until next time, Peter, have a great day, everybody.